Hello, everybody. Welcome to On The Line. It is Tuesday, April 25th, and we're back for another show. This week, obviously, it's Penn Relays presented by Toyota. The mile split team, including Corey, Ashley, myself, are headed off to Philadelphia tomorrow. We have all the full coverage of the meet, its top Championship of America races, and much more. For previous coverage of the meet, including our race analysis on the Championship of America events and more, head over to our On The Line series page. On today's show, we'll talk with IMG Academy's Layla Haynes, drop some insight into Osama Singh's absolutely jaw-dropping 100 meters, and we'll talk national records with the end of the postseason qualifying talk. I'm Olivia Akpanay here with my co-host, Corey Mall and Ashley Titians. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're It's the countdown, right? So we get to Philly now. We get to Philly. Just one more day. We're going to be on the ground. Corey, how was your weekend? Fantastic. Watch some more soccer. Fun note for viewers out there who are independent relays. So the day before, when we get in there on Wednesday, we have a little bit of free time, right? We Last year we took in a Phillies game. Uh, mm-hmm. This year I think some people may take in Phillies games. I'm taking in a soccer game in Chester. Of course you are. Who have you of convinced course. to go to the soccer game N- with you? No one. No <laughs> one. So it's just going to be yeah. but, you. It's just going to be Corey. But, but it's going to be amazing. So. It'll be amazing. All right. I don't so even care. Can- there we go. You can find us either at the Phillies game or you can find Corey Mall at the soccer game. All right. Well, you guys, for today's show, we have Layla Haynes of IMG Academy joining us. So far this season, Layla earned the gold medal at the Corypta Games in the 1500 meters, and she was also the silver medalist in, in the 800. This upcoming week, we have the honor of seeing the University of Florida commit compete at Penn Relays, and we are super excited about that. So, Layla, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. So as I mentioned, we will be seeing you compete at Penn Relays. What are you looking forward to the most at Franklin Field this year? Well, I just, this is my first time being there, so I can't wait to see the environment and be, I've only heard spectacular things about the Penn Relays atmosphere to compete in. So it's so exciting to participate and be a part of that, as well as just watch my teammates excel and you know be part of this team and just represent IMG at that level of a meet. That's a that's amazing and especially since it's your first time it's also Ashley's first time too and you know Corey and I have been there a few times the atmosphere is definitely something to look forward to and you have experience competing at the international level as well representing Barbados at the Crypto Games and also winning the title as we mentioned in the 50 meters just a couple weeks ago at Penn you'll be towing the line with some of the top Jamaican high school 800 meter runners and your elite uh, other international competitors as well how will you use those experiences to help you as you approach this week at Penn Relays well, I think with me, a big thing that I've been learning and trying to take in this whole season is how to race. That's kind of my biggest goal. So I take every single opportunity to be along the same lines as these other phenomenal athletes and try to do, just learn from every experience as I go, as I further my athletics in towards, uh, into the NCAA. And so I just can't wait to have that level of competition and be around other experienced athletes so I can only improve. Now, looking ahead to these next couple of days, you know, I have to know, like, what's kind of the ultimate goal or maybe the target mark that, you know, you personally and the IMG Academy, you know, squads as well are looking forward to hitting at Penn Relays, you know, this weekend? I know for us at Penn Relays, we're really focusing on the relays instead of the individual events. So for me, I'll be doing the part of the DMR. So really it's just to go out there and have our best individual performances so we can all come together as a team and see where where it could take us just a follow-up here do you do you know what what leg you're gonna be can you can you divulge that information (laughs) yes i'll be doing the 1200 leg uh which i think is a start yes (laughs) and yeah yeah so 1200 is fun because it's a nice in between between 800 and the mile so I have fun with it. That, can you can you talk us through maybe a little bit of that? I mean, obviously you're a, a remarkable 800 meter runner, and you can run up to the, up to the 1600, that the mile leg too. 1200 uh, is kind of in the middle there. Why is that maybe a good place for you to? Is it about setting the tone for your team here at Penn Relays? Do you want to get you know IMG off to a good start? You kind of want to lead the pack to start. 
assume my coach has more reasoning behind it, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but for me, my biggest thing with the 1200 is to work on my strength work as well, my endurance work as well. So when I go into the 800, so I have more experience from an endurance perspective. So it's fun learning how to race as well, going back to what I was saying earlier with race techniques and tactics. Uh, it's fun playing around with the 1200 because it's a little bit longer distance than an 800. So I can maybe slow down and pick it up or start off hard. And so there's more room to play around with it. Now, Layla, you've had so much experience just representing Barbados and you were telling us off air, like you were born and raised there as well. So what is it like to represent Barbados at the international level? And what have you gained as experience just from competing at Crypto Games? It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to represent your home always. And I'm just so grateful to be in that position. And so Crypto Games, being able to represent Barbados at a level like Crypto Games is phenomenal. It's one thing to be along the line with all these other incredible athletes from all these different countries, but to be wearing blue, yellow, and black, you know, representing your country at that level is just, I will never, the idea will just always bother me. <laughs> I'm just so blessed to be able to do that. Now, when you're not competing in the DMR this weekend, what are you looking, what races maybe are you looking forward to spectating, you know, at Penn Relays and taking it all in, you know, this weekend? Honestly, all, but I can't <laughs> wait to see the boys four by one for sure. <laughs> That's going to definitely <laughs> be a fun one. Are there so, any, are there any college or pro races you're looking forward to as well? Because there'll be a bunch of collegians and other pro athletes too there. 100%. I mean, I'm here just for a good time. So <laughs> after my races, I'm down to watch every single race I probably possibly can. So it's just a great, as I said, it's a great experience just watching and learning from these athletes who've already accomplished so much and seeing kind of behind the scenes what they do to get to where they're at and all that stuff. So the, the obvious follow up here, you said the four by one, you want to watch that. Uh, <laughs> the boys at IMG ran 40.11 earlier in the year, second all time in Florida history. No one, no boys team from Florida has ever broken 40 seconds, but it seems like, you know, your guys could make a run at that. You know, you're at a big event, uh, crazy atmosphere. What do you think? What do you think of their chances? But I have full faith and hope in them. I just want them to go out, each of them run the best race they possibly can. And you never know what's going to happen, but I I have a lot of faith in them. I know that they'll be great. So it's just to see. <laughs> now, you know, you mentioned that this is going to be your first pen Relays. And I will say, looking at the weather forecast, I think you'll be treated to some, you know, typical traditional pen Relays weather. It looks like it's going to be a little chilly, a little rainy in Philly this weekend. And obviously, you're a Florida girl, and then you grew up in Barbados. So I'm sure you're more used to some of those warmer conditions. So I kind of want to know, though, like when you're racing, do you prefer those warmer, hot conditions? Or do you like it to be, you know, a little colder? Well, I must say, I'm not the biggest fan of the cold at all. <laughs> but I, when the conditions aren't ideal, I always have fun with it. So it's always just something to add for another experience. So I, it's kind of, you just have to adjust in the moment to see how your body can react. Whether that's I have to warm up a little longer because it's a little colder or step back a bit and take breaks in my warm-up if it's too hot so it's going to be very fun this weekend seeing the adjustments and luckily it's only going to be cold for a short period of time and i'll be back in florida so <laughs> <laughs> that's right it'll just be a quick quick little cold trip in the cold that's right now let's shift i want to shift off the track for a second i kind of want to know like just a little bit more about yourself like do you you know what's your favorite hobby outside of you know running in track and field well whenever I'm home I'm not too good at it I must say I'm not <laughs> any pro at all but I have a lot of fun kind of surfing uh on the longboards and everything back home which is it's such a stress relief and just being out there is so it's everything I can imagine you know so whenever I'm home that's definitely my number one hobby <laughs> So longboarding is more about picking up the wave, right? Or you're not doing any tricks, right? But you're like getting on the wave. What, what's what's the part of 
surfing that you enjoy the most? It's the second when you're when you just get the wave, and then you realize you you got it, <laughs> so you jump up, <laughs> and then that part when you just glide basically, and you just feeling the wave as as you keep riding and everything is just great. It's unlike any other feeling, and I just love it. It's kind of like exhilarating at the same time too, and it's so peaceful out there. Nothing better than being home and being in the ocean. So. Definitely. Uh, on my bucket list, personally, to do that as well, just surfing. Um, another question unrelated to track. Uh, a lot of social media channels out there like Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. What's, what's, what's your go-to? What's your you know favorite social channel? Or do you not have social media at all? My favorite one, social media-wise, would probably be Instagram. But I spend way too much time on tiktok (laughs) (laughs) i must say that's such a joke to me it's yeah it has to be tiktok (laughs) do you all right so you're how about we get some just advice from you what do you think is the best way to go viral on tiktok (laughs) well i haven't necessarily gone viral so i'm not sure but i assume as long as you follow whatever trend is going on Eventually, I assume you have to get some sort of note notice. If that makes <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure if you keep doing what everyone else is doing, somewhere along the line, you're gonna get picked up. That that's solid <laughs> advice. I think uh, for us, we hit our first million dollar view story the other day. It was a 70 year old running a hundred meter dash. People love that. People seem to love that. <laughs> <laughs> one one more off the wall question uh, for you, Layla. Um, Rihanna is a fellow Barbadian. Um, do you think she ran high school track? And if she did, do you think you could beat her in 800 meters? In the, how long? 800. 800. <laughs> I have no idea. That's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure if she ran track or not. I'll have to ask somebody. But, I mean, maybe right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would have beaten her to, in high school, too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, Layla, Layla, we also know you have a cousin who also runs track with you at IMG Academy, Dylan Woodruff. What is that like being able to just keep the family ties at IMG Academy like you guys do? Oh, it's so awesome. So last year was my first year in the U.S., first year by myself up here. And it was a big adjustment, I would definitely would say. Um, Because when you're away from your family for the first time, you kind of get homesick pretty quickly. And... When I compare this year to last year, it's been so great just having that family bond and here at all times because he's boarding, fully boarding as well. So if I ever need anything, you know, he's right across the hall from me, which is incredible. So I'm so happy to be here in my last year with him as well. That's amazing. Final question before we let you go, and I'm stealing Ashley's favorite question that she just loves to ask. Now you do run cross country and you also run track during this you know the winter and the spring as well which season is your favorite track or cross country and why track by far (laughs) (laughs) i have so much respect for distance distance runners because i uh -uh. (laughs) last year was my first year ever taking cross country on seriously not seriously but at the high school level and by the by the end of my first the first time I went sub eighteen in Desert Twilight, the that meet in Arizona, I full on died. <laughs> that was that was a big wake up call for me. I cannot do this. <laughs> it's not for me. But yeah, so track by far. <laughs> okay, quick call up though. Uh so in the eight hundred, obviously there's that moment after you finish even after a workout in an 800 or, or after a race where you're like completely dead as well. Um, so comparably what's worse after an 800 where you go all out and you're done or after a, a, a three mile or a 5k, like a desert twilight, what's wor- what, what, what is the, what feeling is worse for you? I would say what's worse would be during a during cross country. By the time you hit the first mile, I'm dying. I'm full on. <laughs> okay, sustained pain. All right. 
I'm really feeling it on my second lap. But then I realized I only have 400 left, not two miles left. So, <laughs> so it's for sure. But then, then again, after the 800, I'm also, it's kind of the same feeling. Why did I do track? <laughs> Why did I pick this sport? But it's okay. I prefer the eight by far. <laughs> well, you are doing wonderful things right now, Layla, and you have a big meet coming up with the pen relays presented by Toyota. Best of luck to you and your team there. We will be watching. All right. Uh, and thank also, you. thank you for being on the show, Layla. We will talk to you soon. Um, for all pen relays presented by Toyota coverage, including our race analysis uh, on prior show and, and all the meet coverage, go to milesplit.com. We'll have all this content on our front page, on our meet page, and everywhere else. We're going to move to our first segment, and that is the storyline of the weekend. It came really late on Sunday, but Montford Academy's Assam Asinga had himself a day, dropping two of the fastest all-conditions, 100-meter efforts we've ever seen from a high schooler, 9.83 seconds, 9.86 seconds at the Pure Athletics Invite in Claremont at the National Training Center. On, on top of all of this, too, he's one of six of his teammates that have opted out of the Florida High School State postseason series. So what does this all mean? Assam's sub-10 Montverde's exit from the state series. What's it all mean? Let's go to Olivia first. What are your thoughts? My thoughts. <laughs> I saw this news. I immediately texted both of you and I was like, did y'all see this? Asama Singa, we knew he was going to do something special if he remained healthy based off what we saw at New Balance National Indoors moving into the outdoor season. At the Pure Athletic Spring Invitational in Claremont, this boy dipped under 10 seconds, not once, but twice, as Corey mentioned. I don't think there has been another high school athlete that has ever done that. So he went 9.86 in the prelim with a 4.1 win. And then he won the title over the world champion Noah Lyles with a 9.83 with a 2.6. And roughly, if you kind of do the math, that equals to a 9.95 without win. And I don't care what anyone says, because I've been seeing this on Twitter. Like they're saying, hey, it's not win legal. I don't care if it's win legal or not. This performance is remarkable. And he just sprinted to the number one all-time mark for all conditions. Kind of looking at where that fits and just looking at the athletes that are competing now who have ran fast under all conditions. Matthew Bowling went 9.98 with a 4.2 and Trayvon Bromel went 9.99 in high school with a 4.0 win. And the fact that Assam did this with less win is just remarkable. Now, what does that mean moving forward? And I know we've, we have seen the news like Asama Singa, Adesha Hodge, Micaiah Holland, Michelle Smith, Michael Larry and Z Zaire Nurden have opted out from competing towards the Florida State Championship. And my thoughts are like, do what's best for the athlete. My vote is for whatever is going to help that athlete to grow and to develop into the best versions of themselves, whether that means competing through the state circuit or foregoing that to compete in other meets across the country. Do what's going to help that athlete to gain experience and to take that step forward towards their goals. And so I feel like with Asama Singa, I feel like he has nothing more to prove. And for him, that looks like his his goals are looking beyond the state championships. We're looking towards summer track. So I feel like for Assam, this puts him into conversation with the top of the top, not just in high school, but also like the professionals right now. I just would love to see this is a great time for right now in April. But if we're looking to world championships and the meets that are happening later this season, he needs to be able to continue that success as well to move it forward. So those are my thoughts. Just impressive performance, regardless if it's win legal or not. And Asama Singa is that dude. Ashley, let's turn it to you. I mean, Olivia hit it right on the nose there. <laughs> I think the key here with the Psalms performance is like, not only did he prove that he can he can not only hold his own against these professionals, he can go out there and, you know, win the dang thing. You know, he won the prelims. He wins the finals sub, like Olivia said, sub 10 twice, which yeah, never, no high schooler has ever done that, you know, whether it's win legal or not. And it's just, it's, it's shocking. And I think it put a lot of people on notice. Like some people, I mean, obviously we're in this space, so we know the name of Sama Senga, but then all of a sudden you have these other, 
you know, maybe fans and people in the community that maybe pay more attention to the pros, all of a sudden they're like, who's this Osama Singa kid? You know, they're like, they put, he put the world and at least the U.S. track and field community on notice. I mean, he beat Noah Lyles, which is incredible there. And even when you factor in the wind here, I believe like his two, two or 9.83, the 2.6 wind, it still converts to a sub 10 performance. So mm-hmm. I think this is just, it's, I mean, where does he go from now? I think he can only go up. And again, like you said, it's only April. There's still much more time to go. So he probably still has more left in the tank. And I think we all knew like he could do this uh, mm-hmm. as far as being successful is concerned. Now, you know, we didn't, we wouldn't predict, we wouldn't begin to predict sub 10, I think, because that's a little rash for anyone to think, hey, a high schooler can go into the season after e- even whatever merits you get to think you can just do this remarkable thing and, and beat, you know, a a world championship level athlete at his own game. Uh, that doesn't happen hardly at ever, hardly ever. Uh, but now you stack him up against the likes of Arian Knighton and some of the previous sprinters that have come before him, like Jalen Slade. Uh, and it seems like now every year we're getting somebody new, um, which mm-hmm. is interesting because before, like, sprint talent was – not necessarily um, at the high school level, always at at, the, at this state of play, essentially. So Trayvon Brumell was was a star. Matthew Bowling was a star. But they weren't – Matthew Bowling wasn't running at this level. Trayvon was running at this level in high school. He broke 10 with a wind-assisted uh, mark at South, Great Southwest. Um, but it's just a little different. And looking at these performances, as, as you've mentioned, third best – all conditions mark of all time behind Trayvon Brumell and Leonard Scott. Both of those guys, though, were in college when they did it. Trayvon Brumell's 9.77 came in 2014 when he was with Baylor. Leonard Scott back in 1999 when he's with Tennessee. Um, I think with the Singa, you know, it's it's not surprising either because he's he's run three times under 10-2 already. And this is a progression. We've seen the progression from him. So I think you got to mention that his coach, Gerald Fury, is doing wonders. I mean, he's the guy that you definitely have to credit in this scenario, too, because he is doing wonders. Uh, I text him after the race, and I think what he responded to me is just, wow. Uh, wow. Uh, this guy continues <laughs> to do these remarkable things uh, after setting a national record indoors in the 200. Um, I guess the only other question we have to elicit now is what's the future look like uh obviously texas a&m he signed there he's going there but as ashley mentioned he might have an opportunity to qualify for the world championships in budapest uh suriname zambia u.s he's got basically those three countries are in line for his services Uh, he's gonna have to pick one so who does he run for i think that's more in the future to be learned but overall this weekend was uh Tremendous showing from the young um, uh, athlete Asinga, and we're going to see more from him in the future. One, one final question: Do we think he's going to surpass nine eight three at some point this season? Oh, do you think yes. so? Gracious. Yes, yes. It's April. Nine eight three, Ashley. Okay, are we talking <laughs> wins? Nine eight three. It could be a nine eight two. It could be a nine eight two. At the world, That's, if he gets the world, if he gets the world, we're just talking any any time, Olivia, any time. Okay. Whether it's all conditions or not, does he surpass it? She's thinking. Golly, I am thinking because that is that nine eight is like moving, like that is blistering fast. I think the, I want to say yes. Like my gut is saying, I think he's capable of doing it. He, you know, he just did it twice in you know over the weekend. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna say yes. Period. Okay, that's where I'm at. Got gotta be at a world championship though, correct? Like we're we're not seeing this anywhere else, are we? I mean, he did it this past weekend so. at a random meet, so that's that's fair. <laughs> that's, that's fair. But fast times have come at that track before. You know, I mentioned Jalen Slade earlier. He ran ten oh three and ten oh four back in twenty twenty one. So it is a fast track. There's a lot of wind. Obviously, open open area. There's there's no stands or anything like that. We'll leave, we'll leave that discussion for another day, but I think, you know, 983, <laughs> can you improve? Definitely a question there. Um, and, and he's got future in front of him. Let's move to our second segment here. Uh, another big weekend took place out in Oregon, the Oregon Relays, and it was a, a big weekend for Newberry Park 
high schoolers. Uh, Aaron Salmon was the guy in the spotlight this time around. He ran the men's professional field, finished fourth overall and four flat point three zero, getting closer to his uh, goals. How how's New Perry Park's non-state series quest going, and and what did this Salmon race mean in the longer scheme of things for him? I'll go to Ashley first. Yeah, I think. It was either the last show before this or, you know, a couple weeks ago. I think I said that, you know, by foregoing the CIF series, you know, the Youngs and Aaron Solomon are kind of shifting their priority to a whole new, you know, arena, right? Like, they're no longer committing to going through the rounds to win state titles. Now their commitment is really shooting for those big marks and, you know, those performances. And as you can see, it's already, in a way, paying off. I mean, four flat, I think, point three. For Aaron Solomon, that's a pretty big PR for him in the full mile, and he competed the pro men's field at Oregon Relays. And, I mean, that's kind of what they've said from the beginning, right? Even before, you know, going back to cross-country season, I feel like every time you would talk to the Youngs or to Aaron Solomon, it's like, you know, not necessarily, oh, we want to win state. It's like, oh, we want to shoot for this time. You know, we want to break this barrier. So that's, this is, if that's the avenue they want to take, then this is probably the way they need to go. And if they can just focus on a few, you know, big races like this men's pro field, like those are those situations where those experienced runners can pull them to those marks and, you know, they're hoping to accomplish. So I feel like, I guess so far you could say it's going pretty well. (laughs) Fair. That's a fair (laughs) statement. It's going pretty well. Olivia, how about you? Yeah, similar. My thoughts are in the same wheelhouse as Ashley right now for flat point three zero, just missing that sub four minute barrier. And again, they've made it very clear, the Youngs and Salmon, that like, hey, we're shooting for big marks right now. What is it going to take? And what route do we need to go to make sure we achieve those goals? And, you know, Ashley said it, it looks to be going very, very well. And I had a chance to just kind of catch up on a post-race interview that I saw over the weekend. And he was mentioning like the last lap he came through in 58 seconds and he felt like he had more gas in the tank. So again, it's just these extra learning experiences with each race that he can just apply to the next one and i think he ha- i think he mentioned that he has one more mile race underneath his belt that he's looking to strive for so you know it, it, it's going pretty well for newberry park here's one thing that i think i've i've kind of felt during like the last couple of years with guys entering in pro races uh that are high schoolers and running these big times i feel like there's something missing um there is a certain like when Gary Martin ran sub four in a high school only race uh, last year, it was kind of a spectacle as far as what happened afterwards. Sort of the press, the media, the coverage of it. It was it was different because he had done something different. And now when guys step into pro races and they finish like fourth or seventh or eighth or whatever, they run a good time. But there's not as much, I think. Um, there's not as much sort of spectacle to it because it is sort of in some ways the the formality or the extra storyline on top of the pro winning the race and it's like they are the high schooler is the part of this but he wasn't the main attraction and i think that's something that's lost when high schoolers opt out of their state series and they 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 go at it themselves you miss a little bit of that luster that like the high school season gives you and i and I get it. Like I get what they're doing. Um, I, I like you know their 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 thoughts, and I, I like their aspirations. Like Leo, Lex, Aaron. I, I I obviously understand with it, but you know it it goes beyond them. It's like there's something to me that is not there that should be for a high schooler doing phenomenal things at that age. Um, you're only in high school once, and you know you're only going to get this moment once. So it just feels like you're capturing something but it's a bit different this year. And I think that might change with how media is carving its own little niche right now. Like Ashley, you know, you and I talk about LNL and how like that sort of the, the audience that they're carving out like 40,000 subscribers right now on their channel. So people are watching them regardless. It's just a little different. Um, any thoughts to that? Yeah. I, I actually, I really do see your point there. Like, there is something lost, you know, it's like you don't want, but it, it shouldn't be, you know, because it's like you, here you have this high schooler, you know, running four flat yet, you know, he gets fourth place or something and maybe not as many people are talking about it as they should. But maybe that's like, maybe that just needs to be a thing where we need almost more media awareness in those spaces that like, okay, 
you know, not only is this like a 16 year or 17, 18 year old in this field, you know, sure they place fourth, but like if you were, I mean, they're at the top of their game at the high school level. So maybe it's more of like recognizing that, you know, not just when the, within the high school track and field media landscape that, you know, kind of realizes like those are big moments for them, but mm-hmm. you know, at the college pro level and beyond they maybe they need to realize like, Hey, it's, we got to pay attention to these kids much beyond this one race. Like, Maybe they throw down a good time. You give them like a, you know, a soundbite or whatever, and you move on. But maybe that's not the way to approach it. Anything else to add, Olivia? No, you guys pretty much. I'm on the same same train as you guys. I agree. Yeah. Gotcha. So Cade Flat, that's probably why that was a little bit different last year too, man. That guy was a quote machine. <laughs> I didn't see that ever. It was different. It definitely caught us off guard. But every race he ran was special. Um, so. Maybe the blueprint there. All right, moving to our next segment. Uh, it's been one of those years. Uh, national records, we're inching closer to a couple different national records, uh, maybe more than one handful uh, of events here. We're going to talk about records, what are, on, what are on the cusp of being broken, girls pole vault all, already gone, uh, Hannah Mall, uh past 15 feet in the outdoor ranks, her sister indoor ranks, national record there. Uh, what's up next? Uh, let's go to you, Olivia. What do you think's up next in the national record space? I know we had this conversation a few weeks ago, like which national records do we feel like could fall? I've listed quite a handful of them. There's one other one I want to add to this list because this girl just completely put herself out there at her area championships. Lauren Lewis, I now have this 400 meter record on the girl's side in jeopardy this girl just dropped from 52 seconds 52 i think 52.2 or 52.1 and she just lowered her 400 meter personal best with a 51.83 that it's number nine all time sonia richards ross ran 50.69 21 years ago and the way that lauren lewis is performing right now she is just progressively getting faster each time she steps onto the track. And so I think that 400 meters, I think we now need to have a conversation about it because Lauren just put herself into that conversation. Uh, Even looking at the boys side, I feel like the obvious ones with the 100 meters and the 200 meters as well with Asama Singa just doing what he's doing, it just needs to happen at a meet that I feel like, again, has to have those win legal marks, but Assam has just proved over the last several weeks and over the last couple months that he is the guy to watch out for. And I think he's going to have some more competition in that 100 meters, but I feel like Assam Asinga is just doing his thing in the short sprint. And then last but not least, I'm going to throw in, you know, the 100 meters here. Uh, Mia Brahe Pedersen has been on fire but, of course, we have Adesha Hodge that's been doing her thing. If Makaya Holland is healthy and even Shanti Jackson, I know she opened up in the 400 meters this past weekend and went 52 low uh, as her opener. But I think that 100 meters also is in conversation. I think there are multiple girls, uh, especially in this 100 meters, that can really add themselves to the record books. Okay. I think the 400 is a bit of a hot take, Olivia. I'm... Is it? It's, yes. hot. it's, it's a little hot. It's I hot. I like it. I it's like hot. it, though. I kind of like it. It's I, hot. I don't think it's a hot take. This girl has shown, Lauren, yeah. From if you look at her mile split profile, every time she stepped on the truck, she has gotten faster and faster. And the crazy thing is, on top of it, she's the only girl that's broken 53 seconds this year. So she's kind of doing it solo. Now, just imagine if she can get some competition, what that would look like. But, you know, 51.8 to a 50.6, I feel like there's still some season left. So it might be a hot take, but I really... I really feel like that 400 meters now needs to be in conversation. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't had a girl uh, really even get close to that since mm-hmm. Kayla Davis in 19. So, yeah, I, I do think it's like it's it's there. It, going under 51 seconds, just in general, to me is I think would be a revelation for for a girl. And um, you know, you talked about Shanti in the hundred, but. I, uh, I like her at the longer distance. I don't think she'll do a 400 uh, again, uh, maybe. But I think I think she would be in the, the, the contention there for a low 51 or, or a 50. But all right, I like the hot take. Uh, going spicy, Olivia Ekbenet. Uh Ashley, let's go to you next. Okay, I feel like my takes aren't as hot. So I feel like these are more, you know, could be accepted. <laughs> so, But I'll focus more on the relays here. I know we'll get into this a little bit later too, but... You know, looking at the boys' 4 by 100 meter record, we had Fort Ben Marshall this past week. 
I mean, they almost took down that record. They were only four hundredths of a second away. They went sub 40 seconds, and that record has stood for about 25 years now, and I really think they have a shot at getting that. I mean, four hundredths, that's like one better handoff, a lean at the line. Like, it's just like the little things, you know, that you have to tie together. So if they can do that, I think they could, you know, reach for that. And I think there's other teams as well, like, you know, potentially IMG, you know, other other teams that could be in that conversation too. And, you know, looking then at the girls' side, I, I again, this is another record we've mentioned before, but I do think that girls' 4 by 8 record could go down. And this you, weekend? Potentially. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're looking at some of our – I believe IMG will be looking for that as well. And, I mean, shoot, yeah, that's another record that stood for such a long time, 15 years, 843 from the 20, 2008 pen relay. So that would be kind of cool to see it go down at on the same pen relay yeah. stage 15 years later. But – I mean, you also have other teams like Cuthbertson, who broke the indoor national record um, a couple months ago, who maybe later this season could go for it as well. Yeah, and it, that's Union Catholic that's going oh, after it. Excuse me, um, yes, this yes. weekend. But, have IMG on the mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I we'll get to the four by one later, but I also think that's a little bit of a take. Um, I'm just interesting. I'm calling out yeah. takes today. Wow. <laughs> Do you have hot takes wow. though? Let's Pro- hear your hot probably. takes. Yeah, let's, th- hear, th- let's hear your hey, takes. Hey, Corey. hey, <laughs> hey, this is what the show is for. Give me some sauce if I'm throwing out the takes. Um, 3K, boys 3K, 75983 by German Fernandez back in 2008. Uh, that's the national record. I think Tyron Gorzy of Crater is the guy that I would see doing that um, this year. He came up five seconds short of the. The two-mile record for Oregon State history this past weekend at the Oregon Relays is trying to break Steve Prefontaine's mark of 841. Came up a little bit short, but, you know, what kind of failure can give breed motivation, I think, for athletes? And Gorzy, obviously, over the indoor season, had that remarkable 5K run. Um, The 3K is an actual state event at the Oregon State Championship, so, you know, he didn't run it last year, but I, I would think he would try to do that this year, and I would be pulling for him to go after sub eight there in the 3K. I think he can do that. Is that a take? That's not a hot take. That's a pretty cold no, take. No, that's not a hot take. I think because I, yeah. I also 100% agree with that. Okay. All right. All right. Not so, hot. so slightly taking, not really, though. All right. The next one 110 meter hurdles. Uh, actually, you and I have talked about this recently. Wayne Davis's win legal mark is 13.08 from the Pan Am U20 Championships in 2009. North Forney's Alex. Chuck Wekalu ran 12.98 seconds when assisted at a district meet recently. No one's ever gone under 13 seconds as a boy in the 110s in high school, ever, when assisted or not. Just think about that, 110s. It's not the 100-meter day. It's 110s over the hurdles. Uh, that I mean, I think that gives you an indication that he has the potential. When legal, he's gone 13.32. He also has gone 13.16 when assisted. I think this guy is come out of nowhere, but he can do it this year if given the opportunity. I think that's Texas State. Hot take? That's also cold. That's also cold. <laughs> yeah, that's... And I know, I they know can't all be cold station. takes. They're all hot takes because they're national records. No, no see, they're not I, hot takes. I, I, I saw Alex run at Texas Relays, and he was out like a rocket. So, like, I've seen him run. I think he can do it. I think he can do it. I'm a yeah, fan. Yeah, it's just a okay. matter of time. Okay. I have the right knee, right conditions. I'm right there with you. The odds of him getting a win legal mark at the Texas State Championships is probably <laughs> like very slim. Fifteen percent. It's very nationals. Right very there. low because they're gonna they're gonna change the runway based on where uh-huh. the wind's going and yeah. But he's gonna run fast. I if he just breaks thirteen again in front of ten thousand people, like that's the moment that you want. That's the moment you want to see. All right, moving on to our second to last segment here. Uh, we're on the cusp of history in Texas, as Ashley just mentioned, Fort Ben Marshall's boys were four hundredths of a second away from the four by one national record at areas this past week. All time mark still stands by Fort Worth Wyatt. But let's get into how and why the Fort Ben Marshall boys can break it. Ashley, I go back to you. Actually, I'll go back to Ashley first, just because you just mentioned it. Um, what are your thoughts here on the four by one and why they will break it? You know, looking at this 4 by one and Fort Ben Marshall as a program, the reason why I think they can break this record is, you know, it's no, it's honestly no surprise that this program specifically has found the success in the 4 by one You know, it's a relay that they've had a lot of success in, in, you know, countless past years. It's not the program's first time going under 40 seconds 
Um, you know, last time it looks like they, you know, they've gone 39-9-9 in 2019 at regionals in Texas. And, you know, they have a history of performing well at the state level, too. And I, honestly, with that sort of experience and, the, you know, the coaching and some of that legacy involved at this level, I think that's something they could, you know, shoot for. And like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, four hundredths of a second, that's that's a lean that's a handoff. That's, you know, making something just a little bit cleaner, better start out of the blocks. Like it can be done. You just have to end. It has to be on the right stage. Obviously, you know, maybe something like this could happen at States, you know, in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if they, if they got this at, you know, a dis- the district level, I think we could see something special from them in the next couple of weeks. Olivia. I don't think we're surprised by this one bit. <laughs> At all. The fact that they went number two all time, 39-80. You are? Yes. Yes, of course. 100%. Actually, are you surprised? Eh, not really. I mean, like, once I looked more into the history of Fort Ben Marshall, then yeah, Lady, I wasn't ladies, like, super surprised. It's 9.95 per leg in the 4 by one They I didn't have that. a single runner under 10-4 at the 100-meter open. So, to say you're not I'm, surprised is a little, I think... Off putting. I mean, by this. okay, go on. Let me share why. Let me share why. Because Fort Ben Marshall has has the history, and I feel like thing, shout out to uh, Will Grundy who broke this down on the Texas Mile Split website. Fort Ben Marshall's head coach, Coach Lloyd Banks, produced eleven consecutive seasons with a four by one team that has run faster than forty one seconds, and there has not been another school program that has come close to this. And on top of that, Fort worth Wyatt ran three sub 40s in one season at the very least back in 1998. With all of that being said, we have seen Fort Ben Marshall, like they've been in conversation this whole season with the times that they have been progressively doing. If you look at their legs, like, yes, Corey, not all of them have like, you know, gone sub 10 or, you know, 10 one, but like it all comes down to the chemistry first and foremost. And also the handoffs as well have to play a huge role. And the fact that, Coach Lloyd Banks has been doing, has had the success that he's been doing. He knows how to sharpen that. And I feel like with each time these athletes have stepped on the track, they're just giving us another show. And I just want to throw this out there. Devin Chain competed for Texas A&M on the field and also on the track as well. And he's projected to be in the first round draft pick this week for the NFL draft. And he was on Fort Ben Marshall's 2020 team. And he's a graduate then, and he was part of those squads back from 2017. And in 2019, they clocked a 39.99. So it's there. The history is there. It's just a. It was just a matter of time. And so I feel I'm not surprised by this by any means. They they've shown us over the last few weeks that they have have the history and also can put together a really solid squad to do this. Speaking to both of your points, I, I will say the coaching is 100% the the, the consistent consistent standout here because mm-hmm. we just published 100 meter depth the other day a premium piece on teams with 100 meter depth Fort Ben Marshall uh, has one guy under 10 five uh, four guys under 10 eight right but as a coach you have to find the athletes that fit your relay and not all of them are going to be 100 meter guys the, the best leg I think here for Marshall is uh, uh, Arion I think um of uh arion davis is is essentially their star and he's a 110 guy um so i I, he's done a tremendous job finding the athletes to put them in positions to succeed year after year after year after year now um is it surprising me 100 percent because anytime you go under 40 seconds um it's just just it's 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 hard to do uh, this is the eighth team that have done it now all time going under 40 seconds and even clipping off 400 of a second. You think it may be easy, but everything else has to be equal again. And then you have to be better than that last performance. So, I mean, it is it, as, as an elite sprinter, Olivia, you, you know that every hundredth of a second matters. Every tenth of a mm-hmm. second matters. It, it's not easy to improve on something that good. So I will say that um, all that being said, uh, I do think there is opportunity here for Fort Ben Marshall because the year that Fort Worth Wyatt broke the record at 39.76, they went under 40 seconds three separate times. Um, 
Fort Marshall's Fort Ben Marshall's best year was in 2019. Um, they went 40.24 at state. They went 39.99 at region. Um, they didn't even get the state last year. So I think there's a higher stakes this year. There's more motivation. There's really incentive for this team to do something special. And um, I'm really curious if those guys at Fort Worth Wyatt, who are now in their 40s, by the way, they're in their 40s, if they're watching from afar, kind of like the Miami Dolphins, the undefeated Miami Dolphins from 1972. Every year, a team doesn't go undefeated. They're, they they have a beer and they celebrate because nobody can top them. Do you think Fort Worth Whites <laughs> sort of getting together? Hey, boys, nobody did it again. We're still number one. <laughs> I don't know. Thoughts? Yeah. They should fly the state meet. They should fly the state meet. <laughs> yeah, they should. <laughs> no, but... Uh, they Fort Ben Marshall does have a legitimate opportunity to do it here, and I think if they do it at the state meet in front of ten thousand people, that will make it an incredible watch. Let's move to our last and final segment of the day. That's uh, postseason qualifying time. It's been ongoing in Texas and Florida, while Alabama will host its section state qualifying championships this weekend. What have been the key storylines to watch out for in these respective states? And Olivia, I'll turn to you first. All right. Well, I mentioned this young talent earlier in the show. I'm going to mention her again. Lauren Lewis of Prosper, the defending UIL outdoor state champion, produced the winning time for the, the title last year, 52-54 last May. Since then, she's ran two 52-second performances, 52-52 and 52-19 to be U.S. number one. This past weekend at the UIL 6A District 5 and 6A area championship, she lowered that time down to a 51.83 and is the only girl in the nation so far this year outside of Shanti who's broken 53 seconds this season. She also won the 200 meter title in 23.64. So that 200, 400 meter double is going to be challenging, but Lauren Lewis has definitely showed that she has some speed and some strength. Also, Nicole and Samantha Humphreys have gone one, two in the 800, the 1600 and the 32 running 210 and literally just being separated by tenths of a second. So Nicole uh, won the, the 800 in 210.06, her sister 210.34, and then Sam took the victory in the 1600 meter and the 32 with the 450.03 and a 1037.09. So the Humphrey sisters are getting after it onto the track in those middle distance and distance events. And then in the state of Florida, what who I was impressed by was Chelsea Williams of George Jenkins, clocked the 1369 in the 100 meter hurdles and so i think she has a very promising future so those are some of the the key athletes moving forward as we look into state championships who i think can make a really big difference absolutely ashley let's move to you yeah i want to focus more on some performances from florida over the past week looking first at kamaya haywood of bishop kenny she just continues to impress in florida as one of the top mid-distance athletes not just in that state but on the national level as well she wins both the 400 and the 800 at the 2a district four championships she goes 54 68 for the four and 2 12 73 in the 800 she also has you know sub 210 speeds that was a pretty easy jog for her there after that 400 so really impressed with her one of the top combined mid-distance runners frankly in the country and then i want to give a shout out to this freshman here eliana black of cambridge christian she goes 448 in the 1600 and she wins that event at the 1a district 9 championships and that's number 24 all time for the freshman class in the country in that event she also won the 800 in 215 and she's a budding star in florida and i think this she's going to be someone that we want to keep our eyes on for you know not just the state meet in a few weeks but you know moving forward with the rest of her career as well rocking some cool shades too i know i like it i like it we know the guys where the Vipers, Leo Young rocks Vipers and a couple other, Reese Vanderson, I think. Simeon. Simeon, Simeon rocks the Vipers. He has the, he has the Oakleys. He has Oakleys. Yeah. Does Oakley. any female wear the, the big ones? I don't see that very often, I feel like. Yeah. I don't, I haven't seen it. Ellie Shea wears like the, almost like the Gooders. Oh, the Gooders. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She wears Gooders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All mm-hmm. right. We should do like a segment on, on glass <laughs> style <should>. soon enough. <laughs> All right, uh, last and final little bit here. Alabama State sectionals are taking place this weekend and a couple athletes and relays to watch. Uh, this past weekend at Hewitt Trustville, Vestavia Hills' boys uh, ran a new state record of 738 in the 4x8, led by Alex Leith, the uh, 800-meter runner-up uh, indoor um, 
uh, performer at, at New Balance and, and Henry Strand, the, the brother of uh, Ethan Strand. Um, number 31 in history time there, new Alabama state record. Um, and it's it's a very monumental performance. I don't know how much stronger they can get in the next couple of weeks, but for reference, only five teams in history have gone under 732 for four by 800 meters. Um, if anybody can do it, I think this Alabama squad can do it because they, uh, they got some good coaching out there. Jay Avery, a guy to watch out for in Alabama right now. He's a uh, number one in the high jump, long jump, triple jump in the state. He's gone 6'10 and a quarter in the high jump, 23-11, uh, win assist in the long jump, and 47-11 in the triple jump. I'm pretty sure that no athlete uh, combines as much as Jay Avery does right now, and he is a Houston signing. And then the last one, Morgan Davis from Sarah Land, a 6A performer. She's a five-time state Alabama champion. 100-200 long jump champion last year. Uh, currently number one in three events as well in Alabama. 11-8-2 in the 100. 5-10 in the high jump. 20 feet, 4.5 in the long jump. I think she's going to be a girl to watch across the state series there in Alabama. And we wish everyone luck as they go forth in their ventures. Ladies, we got Philadelphia coming up. Penn Relays. Do either of you want to go to the soccer game no. with me? No? no. Okay. All you right. know I'm a soccer hater, so I'm going to just say no. <laughs> I'll be at the Phillies game. I feel like that's a, it's tradition at this point. You know so it's going to be like 40 degrees at the Phillies game. I'm ready for it. Well, it's I'll have be my 40 degrees at the soccer game. Yeah, but I can too. I can take 40 degrees. I feel like live <laughs> is hard harder to please with cold temperatures. I'll bring what? layers. I'll be good. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for watching this online episode. We will be back next week after Penn Relays. We'll rehash it all and we'll look forward to the next couple of meets. Thank you for watching. We'll see you later.